crypto prices continue to slide, Litecoin Cash suffers a 51% attack, and Coinbase may be adding a new token to their exchange. More info about Tether indicates there may be shenanigans afoot, and Dennis Rodman goes to North Korea. So just how is he involved with Potcoin? Korean banks are going to be using blockchain to verify customer IDs, and Slovenia is testing out a crypto shopping mall. Preaching the good news of crypto wherever we go, we're just a couple of freaking rays of sunshine. I said freaking, freaking. It's the bad news, episode number 140 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. This is John Stossel. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. The markets might be down, but I'm happy. How you feeling, Mr. Travis, right? You know, I'm not too down. I'm not normally down much at all. Um, the crypto markets are definitely down, so there are some people who are probably have a smile that's turned upside down. Mm -hmm. I see like, you know, the sky is falling and chicken little. And it reminds me of that uh, movie that we saw when our kids were little chicken run. And at one point, you know, they're like, okay, everybody panic. And chickens are just running around, you know, almost like their heads are cut off. Ah! Uh, You know what? No panic here. It's all good. We believe in the promise of crypto and markets going up and markets going down. That doesn't change the fact that we believe blockchain is here to stay. Well, not only that, but there's so many great indicators by top leaders, you know, and even in governmental organizations talking about the benefits and the power of, of blockchain. And so it's, it's just gaining more validity as we go. I am one to think that that, you know, 20,000 push to Bitcoin was a little premature. I mean, that was huge skyrocket. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the news today. And, and really, you know, this is when you're trading and, you know, these cryptocurrencies, it's just like the stock market. It, there's a lot of emotion involved in it, but there's also patterns in technical analysis. And so I, you know, once I started learning more about this technical analysis and, and the indicator showed that it's going to probably hit around 5,000, 5,200 before it starts bouncing back up. It had to do that to complete this big cycle. Hadn't done it yet. So to me, I'm like, all right, boom, go under that, hit it, let's go, let's get this bottom out of the way so we can go to the moon. So I I don't know. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. I want to welcome our new sponsor. We're pretty excited. We've got the folks from New Alchemy, our uh, sponsor for bad cryptos, bad cryptos, all of the bad cryptos now. And uh, we had a great discussion with these guys. They are a leading blockchain strategy and technology group. They specialize in ICO services, security audits, capital solutions, and token mechanics for the most innovative companies and tokenization products worldwide. You guys are going to be hearing more about them in the future. And you can check out their website with all the services that they offer at newalchemy.io. That's where you'll find them. So welcome to uh, Bad Crypto, New Alchemy. We're glad to have you and encourage our listeners to go check out what these guys are up to. But not old alchemy. No, those guys those guys. Yeah, old alchemy sucks. New alchemy, cool. Uh, One more announcement before we jump into the news. I have finally set up the Eventbrite page for the Bad Crypto first birthday bash. Mr. Travis Wright. And by set it up, I basically added a couple lines of text and and said, go live. Um, it's going to yeah be oh. July 18th in Denver, Colorado. I live here. Travis doesn't. But Travis will be here. And members of our team are going to be coming out as well. Uh, we're not going to do anything like majorly formal. It's, it's a meetup. It's a celebration. And in fact, I haven't even selected a venue yet. It's just going to be somewhere downtown denver and the reason i'm waiting to select the venues i want to see how many people say they're going to be here but you know before i pick a place so we'll you know we'll have a place selected the week before but it is going to happen it's going to be here in denver july 18th it's free to attend wherever we end up there's going to be food and drinks available for purchase you're on your own as far as you know what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink um i'm buying travis's drinks he's buying mine um and and you can bring presents because we like those yes because it's our birthday 
Bring us gifts. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have a good time. Now, we don't need any gifts, but uh, you could do some donate. If you can't go to the event, maybe you could do a donation to Water is Life or foodforthepoor.org forward slash. No, bring me presents. I, I want presents. It's the birthday. Travis doesn't need any, so you can double down on me. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Joel Go to uh, noted off awesome. Give to uh, any good cause because we are not a good cause. We're we're bad. But the website to go register. Let us know if you're going to be here is badco.in forward slash birthday, and that'll take you to the Eventbrite page. And if you let us know if you're coming just by reserving a ticket, that'll help us get the head count. Um, if you're in the Denver area, you're going to drive, then you've got that figured out already. But uh, it's going to be six to nine that evening or six to whenever. I mean, could, we could go late, late, late. Um, you know, you guys are here. We're having drinks. We're hanging out. We might even do some karaoke. Who knows? Travis is going to get up and, and uh, sing George Thorogood. Um, but if you're coming from out of town and you want to join us, you know, just July 18th, I would fly in no later than that afternoon and book any hotel downtown Denver. You, anywhere downtown, it's not a huge downtown. You're going to be within, you know, really close distance to wherever we end up planning this thing. And we'll let you know uh, on the show and via Eventbrite where the actual venue will be. It's going to be fun. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, maybe if you've, uh, Always wanted to meet Mr. Joel Com. It's the perfect opportunity. Uh, maybe, maybe you know you you have a crypto or you're planning a crypto, and uh, you'd love Joel and I to to take a look at that and maybe be advisors or something. It'd be a great time to come pitch your wares and and Denver get a chance to meet face to face. It's always cooler when you meet people face to face. That's one thing that's awesome. It's like you know you can be friends online and connect. And like most of the people who we've met who've been fans of bad crypto, it's like. They're like cool people who I would hang out with anyways. I mean, especially like this past week when we were in Vegas hanging out with the guys from World CryptoCon and driving around, you know, the Lamborghini and the Ferrari and the McLaren and whatnot and having fun with that. This is like really awesome people. But if we had never decided to do the show a year ago, like we would have never met these awesome people. We would have never had this opportunity. Oh, no, by the way, just since we're talking about World CryptoCon, those tickets are going and those are, those are going to increase in price significantly here in the next like week or two. And so we chatted with them and said, Hey, can we give, you know, our fans a, a preferred price? And so we got you guys a hundred dollars off of the price for world CryptoCon. So if you go to worldcryptocon.co forward slash bad and you use the coupon code WCC 100, that will take off $100 off of your ticket, and uh, that would be awesome. I just did one of those Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Oh, his brother. What's his yes. brother's name? Um, I don't remember his. Yeah, but the, he's, a, he's the one that's like, yes. He pulls his hand out. Yes. So you guys should come and hang out. WorldCryptocon.co forward slash bad. This is going to be a badass event. Oh, and speaking of fans, Travis, one more thing before we get to the news. You and I were sitting at dinner um, in a Javier restaurant in the uh, Araya area. Araya, what is the name? What is it called? Holland Hotel, uh, which is where you know, World Crypticon is going to be. And we're getting ready to get up and a waiter walks by and he says to me, I really enjoy your guy's show. <laughs> yeah. So this is a shout out. It's in the mastermind yeah, group, shout yeah. out to that dude. Oh, what was his name? I feel horrible now because I can't remember. Uh, his name was uh, that, that dude. dude. You know who you are. That dude, that dude at Javier. At Javier. And uh, you never know where you're going to, you know, run into people. So, okay, enough babbling. Uh, we're going to babble some more, but only after this cool music that's going to take us into the news. And we're back to uh, to Babylon some more because yeah, we, we didn't actually go anywhere. We, we're still here yeah. the whole time. Well, I, I walked out of the room for a moment while that music was playing. It was a really quick dash to the restroom. But here's uh, the, the big news this week. Well, there's actually a lot of big news, but this is interesting here. This uh, abstract that you located by John Griffin and Amin Shams. Is Bitcoin really untethered? Uh, you know, people have been suggesting for some time that there are some shenaniganery behind Tether, which is allegedly pegged to the U.S. dollar. But is it really? Yeah, so the the result of the study says that Tether was used to manipulate the price of Bitcoin 
during that $20,000 peak. And it looks like what they're saying is that the tether was used to stabilize and to manipulate Bitcoin prices. And, you know, so basically you could sell your Bitcoin, put it into tether, and then the price goes up or price goes down. And then you're able to, you know, if you put it in tether, then basically that dollar stays pegged to the dollar. And so if you sell your Bitcoin at 20000 you pull it out into tether. Now it's hanging out at you know, you have $20,000 in Tether and then Bitcoin goes down to 7,000. Well, now you can come back in and buy, you know, almost three Bitcoin. And, and so, but there were, there were some things that were, that was interesting with Bitfinex and they were using, you know, Tether to prop up the price of Bitcoin. And uh, that's not, that's not really legal. Well, Mr. Well, they would not say that they are. That they, you know, Bitfinex uh, CEO says tether issuances cannot be used to prop up the price of Bitcoin or any other coin token on Bitfinex. But the guys who did this paper have do, done some analysis on the price of Bitcoin and looking for a pattern for price support. And um, uh, they're saying that there is definitely look appears to be a coordination of um, tethers at Bitfinex and how other exchanges are using it to buy Bitcoin in a coordinated way that drives the price. They, they said that Griffin mm-hmm. said if there's fraud or manipulation in a market, it can leave tracks in the data. The tracks in the data here are very consistent with a manipulation hypothesis. Yep. And not only did he look at just one, he looked at 87 of the largest purchases of Bitcoin with tether from March 2017 to March 2018. And, uh, you know, new Tether had been issued within the prior three days. And uh, Bitcoin's price had then fallen in the prior hour. And then what followed were increases in Bitcoin's price and those gains over time added up. And so it's kind of interesting to to see that this behavior never happens uh, randomly when they ran these 10,000 simulations, but it did happen on these 87 of the largest purchases. So, you know, when Bitcoin made that run to 20,000, there was some manipulation going on. And there's a lot of conversation around manipulation being around now, keeping the price down. So that way more people can buy it at lower prices. And right now, you know, if we look at the market, I think we're sitting at about $6,200 as of the recording right now here on Wednesday afternoon. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, that's one of the things about this. We're in a new space. And, you know, without a lot of the regulations and stuff setting in place, people are going to do some of the things that have worked on other, you know, markets over time. And, um, you know, this new Tether being able to pull money out and put it into Tether to basically be able to store your money. That's kind of like if you're on Coinbase, right, and you sell your Bitcoin and you put it in the USD account. So, like, a lot of times I'll just, if I want to sell some, I'll, I don't use Tether. I'll just put it in my USD uh, account on on Coinbase and then wait for the price to lower and then I can go back in and buy more if I want if you think the market's going to tank a little bit which the market is doing right now and I did get out of my Bitcoin at about 8700 or so whenever it looked like it was hitting some things and I was like all right I think it looks like it's going to go dropping now and then it has so there is some there is some validity to that technical analysis but when you're talking technical analysis and then you're also factoring in manipulation it's kind of hard to to determine with any accuracy what's really going to happen but then again this is cryptos so you really never know yeah i'm not sure i buy the ta argument yet in this fifth wave thing you've been talking about from this guy you were following i tend to look at bitcoin dropping right now as as two things one um, that there's definitely manipulation, which always takes place anytime there's money around. In fact, uh, Griffin says here, the hype in cryptocurrency isn't just 20 year olds buying Bitcoin in garage. That's part of it. But there are big players moving the market and having a huge price impact. I think the other element is there's nothing happening right now. We're waiting for regulation. There's confusion about ICOs. There's still no sort of any major mass adoption for, you know, commerce using crypto. And so if it's if there's no movement forward, the media is not talking about it, it's going to go down. I don't think it just moves based on, you know, technical. And I don't I don't know. I just I'm not. Here's the thing. I got to call you a straw man's argument on this because you've not done any research about technical analysis. You don't actually know how it works. So for you to say you don't believe it, it's kind of bogus. So I got to call you on that. But here's the thing. This technical analysis has worked for hundreds of years. These Japanese candlesticks 
they show they show you something about human emotion, like what's the high of the day, what's the low of the day, what was the opening price, and what was the closing price that day. I, I don't disagree, little, Travis. I, and these little I, patterns pop up, and it, it's work. I mean, this is you know. So the guy that I've been that I've been watching there with this trade crypto live, um, you know, he's he's been doing forex stuff for years, and it's like don't get emotional in in the crypto or in in these markets because you know these. These 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 patterns happen naturally based on people's buying and selling. But yeah, when you start getting into manipulation and stuff, then you know it, it's it's hard to tell. But technical analysis does have lots of merit. It will work more times than not. And but there, if anybody, if, if there was something that worked all of the time, we'd all be millionaires, right? So it's not a foolproof thing. But there's a lot of validity validity to it. But then when you start factoring in manipulation, it just I don't disagree with any of that, Travis, except that if uh, tomorrow Amazon came out and said, we're going to start accepting Bitcoin, your technical analysis goes completely out the window. So I think TA works in the absence of anything else that will move, which is where we are right now. I think the reason that it's, it's supporting right now is because there is no support. There's nowhere for anything to go when there's no upside to it at the moment. Nobody is, there's no, so you are correct that people do trade on emotion, but that whole TA model goes out the window if any big news happens. But yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the course. I mean, that's the way, oh, 9-11 happened. Guess what? The market tank. Yeah, big news happens. Markets move based on the news. And, but you know, there has been good news. There has been key indicators, right? Like, just like we had last week where, you know, the uh, the head of the C, the C, the SEC, uh, Jay Clayton, was like, Bitcoin's not a security. However, some of these other ICOs, they look like they might be securities. And so, but, the, you know, we start seeing these these trails of, of these people who are in governmental power and, and having, you know, giving validity to crypto. And they're saying, like, uh, the next news today, the CFTC commissioner says cryptocurrency will proliferate into every economy in every country. That's key news. Like, like this news right here, if this had happened, like, you know, early, this, this, the markets would, sh- would have shot up. This, oh, the CFTC, the head of Commodity Futures and Trading Commission says, wow, says this, they believe this. Wow, that's good news. And um, but right now, the market's not necessarily responding to that just because, you know what, there is a whole lot of uncertainty. What is the regulations going to do? What is going to happen? And um, we don't know, but we're all trying to make sense of this crazy crypto world. And there is no crystal ball. Rots a rock. Uh, By the way, that full report that these guys created is linked in the show notes. So you guys can go check that out. And uh, we'll jump into some of these good news items in a moment. But first, Bitcoin is extending its collapse. And, you know, even right now, we're looking at what is around is as of this recording, uh, which is uh, a couple days before this episode is actually going to release because I'm getting on a plane and Travis is getting on a plane and we're just we're all over the place. So uh, what about sixty three hundred and, you know, the market caps approaching two hundred billion uh, somewhere, you know, on the low side of the two hundred billions. So two hundred and seventy billion right now. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's down 70 percent from its highs that were set in December. And uh, even in this article right here, kind of echoes what I was saying. Uh, Craig Erlum, senior market analyst at online trading firm Oanada, Oanda Corp in London says, things have changed for Bitcoin in the crypto space. There doesn't seem to be as much hype or positive news. Every time we get a negative news story after a period of consolidation, we don't see bullish sentiment coming in. It's almost as if people are waiting to sell it. And and this is like in the absence of any news, then of course, where's it going to go? People get bored, they get restless, they want to move their money somewhere where they think they can you know, get a profit on it and uh, they sell. Well, yeah, that's what, and when there's really no news, that's when technical analysis comes into play because that's it. The markets do this, markets do that. And that's just the funny thing is that, well, based on the technical analysis, which has been pretty accurate, at least for my, because like when I started watching it and paying attention to it, I've, it's been very accurate to me. That's why to me, I'm going, wow, this is, is this voodoo? Like, this is crazy. Like how and it was like, get out of Litecoin. You guys need to get out of Litecoin. It's sitting at 140 bucks. Like this thing's going to go down to, is it, he said this thing's going to go down to like 70 bucks. And here it is at 90 something bucks. And he called it at 140. It's like, wow, that's crazy how that, you know, there's these, all these different instances where, where that's happened. And so like for me, 
you know, I, I'm looking at a bottom of around 5,200 maybe, hopefully. At least that's where I'd, I don't want to see it go down too much farther than that because some people are talking if it pops below 5,000, it's going to go below, below 3,000. And so that's like a big – that's a big pop. But And then, again, if you look at the whole big picture, you know, well – on Thanksgiving Day, it hit 250 billion. The total market cap right now it's at 270 billion. But we sprung up last year in such an anomaly that we could have a year or two where there where it's kind of in, in a lull, and then before we have the next big one because the last time what was in 2013 or 2012 where that big one hit and then it came down, then it hung, it got up to like 1,200 bucks, whatever, 1,300 bucks, and then it hung around 400 dollars for the longest time. Maybe we're going to be in one of those cycles where we're hanging in between four thousand and six thousand before it pops back up to twenty to thirty thousand. Who knows? Well, and you know, as you're talking about the uh, CFTC, uh, Rostin Benham, he is the commissioner at the CFTC, and he says we're witnessing a technological revolution. He gave this speech at the uh, UN Plaza in New York to talk about crypto, and is very optimistic. He said virtual currencies may, will become part of the economic practices of any country anywhere. Let me repeat that. These currencies are not going away, and they will proliferate to every economy in every part of the planet. Mm. Uh, so if you're taking a long-term <laughs> if you're taking a long-term view to crypto, then um, you know Bitcoin falling so far below its highs, uh, you know long term, you know what if you do sell and what if you miss? When all of a sudden it shoots up, because if it could drop this fast, remember how quickly it shot up before, you know, in a matter of 30 days that it went from like, what, 5,000 to to 20? It was crazy. 5,000, we're like, oh, my God, it's going to hit 10,000. It's going to hit, oh, my God, it's at 12,000? What? It's at 12, oh, my God, it's at 15,000. Are you serious? Like, it just went ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And um, you know what? Uh, Who knows if that, was that all, was that all manipulation? Was it all just FOMO? Can it happen again? Eh, we'll see. You know what? I mean, here's the thing is that think about it like this. This is a long-term deal. This is not just, hey, we're all going to have Lambos in a couple of months, right? This is a long-term thing. And keep this in mind. Bitcoin will have, again, its reward in the year 2020, I believe, right? Or 2019. 2020. 2020. So when that thing halves again and it goes from six or goes from 12 uh, so we started out with 50 every 10 minutes, 50 Bitcoin was created. Then after 240,000 transactions or whatever it is, 220,000 transactions, whatever that number is, it halves and the reward went down to 25. And now we've gone through, now we're sitting at 12.5. So every 10 minutes, 12.5 Bitcoin are created. That ends uh, in 2020 and it halves again and we'll go to 6.25. Then in, in four years, it'll have again. How, how does that affect the price there? When it, when it halves uh-huh. uh, and the difficulty level goes up, that means level goes in up. order for people to get a reward that is worthwhile, the value of it has to be twice as much, right? Mm-hmm. What's tended to happen, if you look historically, is that shortly thereafter, after a have, the price goes up rather significantly. Because the difficulty gets harder, you know, and the reward is half as much. And so, yeah, so I would say by in 2020, to my to my estimation, the price in 2020, Bitcoin should be easily 30000 if not 50000 It could be those big, large numbers. I think John McAfee's probably going to, you know, either disappear off the face of the earth or have to eat his junk because I don't think it's going to be a million dollars by the year 2020. However, I could see it being worth $100,000. Fifty thousand probably seems more realistic after that after that half happens. So, but who knows? It's a long term play. This is not get rich quick. This is invest, speculate, and you know what? Hopefully, we get blessed over time. But don't expect this to happen overnight. To me, when when Bitcoin prices get low and these cryptos get low, and I'm looking at some of these coins like right now, if you're looking at some of these prices like Stellar Lumens, Stellar Lumens are like twenty cents. Are you serious? Litecoin's ninety three cents. EOS is ten dollars. Three dollars. Ninety yeah, ninety three dollars. Uh, Cardano fifteen cents. You're looking at Neo at thirty eight dollars. Monero at one hundred and sixteen dollars. V Chain at two dollars and eighty cents. I mean, Omezigo under nine bucks. I mean, these are these are like some bargain basement prices in my estimation. Although I don't know if you know this or not. 
but I'm not a financial advisor. Me either. Neither is she. Um, yeah, I'm gonna cry though because my portfolio is. <laughs> Digibytes two and a half cents. I mean, you're looking at some of these some of these crypto tokens. It's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm how actually. Low they are right now. I'm not looking. Uh, you're like this. This from you is telling me what I'm not looking at because I know that. I don't want to see right now. I really don't. I just, I know that it's going to come back and I've got other things to focus on. I'm in this for the long term. And now you're making me sad. Crypto going up. Crypto, crypto going, going down. down. Crypto going up. Crypto all a frown. The International Monetary Fund says cryptocurrency may be a new phase of human evolution. Uh, that's that's kind of a weird headline. So we're not going to evolve how we operate um, certainly is going to evolve, uh, but I don't, this is not like, you know, Cro-Magnon man and, you know, the Neanderthal and all of a sudden we're walking upright because, you know, we've got Bitcoin. I, I don't, I don't like the analogy, but I do believe that cryptocurrency is the next phase of our transactional evolution. Well, I think it's a cryptocurrency may be the next phase in monetary evolution because it is, yeah. uh, you know, it's like when you when you when you're talking about these, you know, those shells that, that they used to use back in the day. Which I have a whole bag of these things. They're so cool. These shells they used to use feathers and shells as money, and then silver and gold coins became money. And actually, they used to barter. And here, I have some silk, and I'll trade you for some shoes. And you know, they used to, the, the, but the barter system is really unwielding because you know I don't need this many shoes. Right. Or I don't need this much silk or I don't need this much rice. And, and so, you know, you need to have some sort of monetary system. And so when you have, you know, you have these coins, which turned into paper money, which then turned into plastic with credit cards. And now we all have a smartphone and there's going to be 5G technology right around the corner. Obviously, digital currency is the future of money. And so, you know, that, that's what, um, you know, the IMF managing director, Christine Lagarde, she said that crypto has the potential to trigger a large scale shift away from government issued fiat. Now, when, when people like the IMF, the, like the IMF strategy policy and review D- department director, Martin Mules, and people like this are saying, you know, talking about, you know, the future of currency in a digital world, and they're talking about digital money and, you know, and they're pushing crisp cryptocurrency. To me, it becomes a little bit of a red flag just because how I have kind of conspiratorial bent. And I go, look, you know, crypto may have been invented by the NSA. Maybe they do want us to get to digital currency down the road and all of us shift to digital currency because maybe it's going to be easier for them to control us. Or maybe there's some mechanism in there to control the monetary fund easier. I don't see them going down without a fight. But I think with all these other blockchains that have been created, these privacy blockchains and and some of those things, I think those are the ones that have really, really powerful long-term benefits. Some of these other ones, maybe, you know, Bitcoin may become, you know, a a danger to use if the IMF is able to weave it into what it is they're doing or something. I don't know how it all might pan out, but it's definitely something to consider. And I think as, as we evolve and people want more privacy, these privacy coins, uh, that are untrackable are going to be the way to go because you don't want everybody to know which transactions you're doing. And you want, you want some transparency at times, but you don't want complete transparency. And so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see it all play out. But to me, when the IMF is out there, you know, yay, cryptocurrency to me, that starts makes me go, wait a second. Why are, are, are we on the right path? You know, I've been saying for a long time, we both have, that this smells a lot like the early days of the Internet. And I remember building that first website 23 years ago, and I know this is this is what it felt like. This Once you've been somewhere, then you have the sense of deja vu. Ah, I've been here before. Uh, Joe Lubin, co-founder of Ethereum, said at a at money conf in Dublin that blockchain will be orders of magnitude more disruptive than the internet. And this is, you know, we've been saying this, that the, that the internet certainly disrupted a lot of models, but blockchain has the potential to disrupt even more than that. He says the technology is so profound, it's going to do so many amazing things for economic, social, and political systems worldwide. We've really no concern that the ecosystem or the technology is in real danger. Duh. That's all I'm going to that that has been my approach to this from the beginning. When we started going down this rabbit hole, Travis is no duh. Of course, 
This is the next step. And I remember people writing articles back in the, the, the uh, late 90s, you know, and in fact, I still have some of those magazines and in newspapers where they're like, oh, this guy's opening up selling books out of his garage, you know, mocking Jeff Bezos and saying, is the dot com, you know, uh, is e-commerce really going to be a thing in the future? And I'm reading it thinking, is that even a question that a thinking human being would even ask? Of course, blockchain is here to stay. And of course, it's going to be profound. And you know what? It takes a while for that moment to click, right? It's like I had experiences with Bitcoin in 2010, 2013, 2015. And, you know, I, I dabbled in it and was doing stuff with it, but it never, blockchain never fully clicked. You know what I mean? It's like once blockchain clicks, then you go, oh, I understand the ecosystem better now. Like that blockchain, like I was like, okay, this Bitcoin is interesting, but like who's using it? Like, like I, I don't know. Where do I get it? You, okay, this is kind of cool. It's digital money. I don't quite get it yet. But once you understand blockchain, and I know that like, once you understood blockchain, Mr. Joel Com, I mean, you could tell like we had a shift and was like, aha, boom. Let's create bad crypto because obviously this is the future. It just took a while for us to see the obviously. Moving along here, uh, Litecoin Cash, LCC, is the latest small cap altcoin to have a 51% attack against it. Uh, you'll remember Litecoin Cash was the fork from Litecoin back in February. And I still, I know, you know, I had some Litecoin at the time, so I know I've got some Litecoin Cash somewhere i don't you know it's not worth enough to have to deal with it but um apparently codebase you know got attacked and a malicious miner got a majority of the network's hash rate and and what they do is they force other nodes to accept fraudulent blocks and i guess uh how do they what do they do then they they're able to get all the real funds is that what happens well, I think if they're able to do these falsified transactions and they're able to convince the other miners to accept those transactions because they own 51% of the network, whoever has the longest blockchain is the the, the truth, right? And so if, if you can take over 51% of a network, then you are the one who defines the truth. And then that allows you to, I guess, you know, get more of the blocks and get more of the rewards. But if you you know, mess up the whole system, then the, the price of the that particular crypto tanks. And, and so there's a lot of the small cap altcoins that have been hit by these 51% attacks. And maybe that should be a uh, an episode that we have uh, talked a little bit more about down the road. Yeah, here, just a basic understanding of how it works. 51% attacks are monetized by depositing funds at a crypto exchange. They launder them and then they withdraw them into a different wallet. They, uh, the attacker uses their majority hash power to reorganize a series of blocks, including the one that contained the initial exchange deposit. And they replace the transaction with one transferring the same coins to an address in, con in their control, which means that those coins vanish from the exchange. It's what's known as a double spend attack. I think, yeah, it would be great to get somebody on to interview them, uh, somebody way more knowledgeable than us because because uh, we're bad. That's true. You know, crypto is a whole new game, guys. And so there's some things. That's why don't keep your crypto on exchanges. That's just, I mean, we've said that in the past and not do a good it. idea to do that. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do Next it. Next up, another cool, cool, piece. Okay, yeah, cool. cool piece of news. Ethereum Classic. You may have noticed that the price kind of took off earlier this week. Well, there's some news out there that Coinbase, uh, actually from Coinbase, there's a tweet they sent out on the 11th of June saying, we're pleased to announce our intention to add support for Ethereum Classic on Coinbase in the coming months. Now, to me, Mr. Jolcom, what was interesting about this is that they announced it ahead of time. Remember whenever they, whenever they added Bitcoin Cash, it was just like all of a sudden Bitcoin Surprise. Cash was on there. They yeah. didn't even, and, and people were like, what? And they, they got blamed for doing some insider trading stuff because some people knew that Bitcoin Cash was going to be added. And so probably some of their employees bought some Bitcoin Cash and da, 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 da. we don't know all the details on that. But this is a much better approach to announce their intention of adding support for another crypto in the future. Ethereum Classic, I don't necessarily know why they added that one. That one's been kind of dead for, for quite a while. And so 
adding that one to me, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand it either, but we'll watch uh, that and see what happens. And in this piece of news, this is really, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And uh, Dennis Rodman went to North Korea. I think they should do a children's book. <laughs> Dennis Rodman and Trump go to meet Kim Jong-un. Well, no, I think I think it's historic because he went there five yeah. years ago. And, and, and there's a... Th- this is the first time you'll probably the last time you'll ever hear me say this. There's an awesome interview on CNN where Chris Como is interviewing Rodman in Singapore yesterday, or right, maybe it wasn't yesterday, but it was a couple of days right before Trump and, and Kim Jong Un were getting ready to meet. And he was talking about how he went there five years ago and was talking to Kim Jong Un because he, he literally at that time he was very naive. He didn't know what the hell was going on in North Korea. He's like, I'm going to go to North Korea. And went to go meet North Korea. And uh, turns out, you know, the North Koreans in Korea, they love basketball. And so Kim Jong-un was so excited to meet Rodman. And and then Rodman told him, he goes, well, look, for your birthday, I'm going to get you a birthday gift. I'm going to bring basketball to North Korea. And I'm going to put together some teams and we're going to play some basketball. And so, you know, he was he was basically connecting over Kim Jong-un's love of basketball and North Korea's love of basketball. He brought a basketball team there and they had a game. And Kim Jong-un said to Dennis Rodman, this is the first time in our country, in in the history, that somebody has told me or promised me they were going to do something and actually did it. And so to me, and then Dennis Rodman started crying. I mean, it was just unbelievable to watch this. And so it's like a lot of times they've the, the governments have made these mandates of what they want, what they demand North Korea to do, but they've never you know, at least according to Dennis Rodman, they've never actually done what they said they were going to do, which created ill will. And apparently he said that he five years ago said, hey, if you can tell Obama this and this, I'll do these concessions. If you guys do this, I'm willing to talk. But uh, he said Obama didn't give him the time of day, didn't talk to him at all about it. And he said Trump did. And Trump, Trump's secretary, uh, uh, I guess, uh, what's her name? Sarah. Uh, Huckabee called him up and said that Trump was very pleased with this. And there, there's some rumblings out there that he might actually get a uh, Medal of Freedom. Rodman mm. might. Well, here's the crypto connection. Uh, you know, in the pictures and in the interview, he's wearing a shirt that says peace starts in Singapore. And on the top of the, the top line of the shirt says Potcoin. Dot com. So mm-hmm. he's he's promoting uh, Bitcoin's marijuana themed Canadian cousin. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's it's just it's so weird that this is the timeline that we uh, that we live in. And of course, there's a lot of, uh, you know, marijuana uh, currencies out there. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's a, there is a big problem for dispensaries. Right. So the, a lot of times the, the banks won't give dispensaries bank accounts. And so here you have these dispensaries that are selling weed and they're getting lots of money in cash. I mean, is that not a recipe to get robbed? Because banks won't allow them to have, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, crypto is a pretty good thing because like banks can just tell you what you can and can't do. And banks are our nanny state. Well, you know, these dispensaries are legal in all these different states, but a lot of them are not able to have bank accounts. So Podcoin, I think, popped on the scene in about uh, 2014. And uh, they have sponsored him on foreign trips to North Korea in the past. So this is not the first time that Podcoin has been involved with Dennis Rodman in, in North Korea. And uh, this just happened now. But he was on he was on CNN wearing a Make America Great hat again and his Podcoin yeah. shirt. Uh, which was Chris Cuomo fun. looked pained by the whole thing, but uh, no, no surprise there. So uh, yeah. so there's a couple links uh, to stories there in the show notes that you guys can check out about uh, Rodman and in his shirt right there. Uh, now, you know, speaking of uh, making the world great again you know we we've been saying that crypto needs women right and i'm not saying that we need women just so we could balance out you know the gender interest in crypto i'm saying that you know women bring a a different view and a different perspective because guess what men and women are different and traditionally women are have been a minority amongst crypto traders and investors but their uh uk exchange has revealed that women's interest in crypto trading has doubled recently so uh, this is pretty cool. Women are definitely thinking more about crypto. Um, one in eight women, about 13%, now say they would possibly decide to invest in cryptocurrencies, up from 6% at the end of 2017, 
one in five millennial women, uh, 20% are interested in crypto. Yeah. Well, you think about this. Historically, the woman holds the purse strings in, in marriages when it comes to big purchases. And, um, you know, a lot of times they're the ones who are, you know, balancing the books, doing the accounting and writing checks out for the bills. And in a lot of families, not all, but obviously in, in, in a great percentage of them. And so they hold the purse strings in a lot of ways. And, you know, so I, I think this is phenomenal because we definitely need, you know, more women to understand the power of blockchain, understand that digital money, how digital money works. But then again, we also need to make crypto simpler for this the masses because like i can't even imagine my 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 grandma or my grandpa you know trying to understand and, and use crypto they can barely use their cell phones you know what i mean and so i think that um you know it's we're, we're still a long way from mass mass adoption but we're getting closer every day there's some really cool exchanges that are coming up that make it a lot easier to understand and quick and easy to do like i mean robin hood i mean how easy is robin hood to use i mean literally it's like Oh, I want to deposit money for my bank. Boom. Oh, now I want to buy some Bitcoin. Boom. No fee. Right. And um, if you guys do like want to try out Robinhood, I would I would highly recommend it. We do have an affiliate link with them. It's uh, badco.in forward slash Robinhood. And if you sign up and uh, I don't even know if you fund your account or how it works, but if you sign up, uh, you get a free stock and then it'll actually do a random pick thing for you. You get a you'll get a random stock and then bad crypto will get a random stock. And uh, you know what? Don't just be in crypto. If you are starting to invest, you know what? Invest in a little bit of stock so you can invest in stocks and in crypto on Robinhood. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we, uh, a bunch of you have taken advantage of that through our link and you can get a free stock. What's the URL we got set up for that, Trev? Yeah, it's badco.in forward slash Robinhood. Yeah. You guys get a free stock there. This story from Coindesk, Apple apparently has moved to put a stop to any crypto mining apps that might be used on its mobile products. They're saying, nope, design your app to use power efficiently. Apps should not rapidly drain battery, generate excessive heat, or put unnecessary strain on device resources. That is uh, uh, part of their policies. They continue to say apps, including any third-party advertisements displayed within them, may not run unrelated background processes such as cryptocurrency mining so mm-hmm. so there you go i would say this to apple like quite frankly you should get your shit together when it comes to cryptocurrencies because people use mobile devices and cryptocurrencies are the future of, of payments and i know they really love to have their apple pay and all this other stuff but it seems to me that apple has completely dropped the ball on anything crypto related stuff I mean, how long did it take the Zilla app to get listed on there? Right. How long? I mean, they're they are not doing themselves any favor. And I think if Steve Jobs was in power, he would be like, you know what, this crypto thing is coming up. We should probably try to become more crypto friendly. And look, you know, you have companies like Huawei and Siren Labs, and there's some other ones out there that are building some blockchain phones. I would bet money Apple's not going to be one of those companies that has a blockchain phone where you can have yourself a your own, you know, cold storage wallet within your iPhone and kind of protect your cryptocurrencies. It seems to me like they are, you know, given, you know, given the hand to all crypto stuff and saying, get out of here. And that's going to be detrimental to Apple over time. I would say if they don't get on board with crypto, then over time, Apple stock will decrease. But I'm not a financial advisor. I just have no idea. It's it's a walled garden. They uh, they march to their own drummer, and frankly, in my personal opinion, Apple has done nothing innovative in at least half a decade. I mean, I, I remember people talking about the Apple Watch being a big deal, and I thought this is not interesting to me at all. What the last thing I need is another device that I need to come up with. And I've seen the Apple Watch, and I've seen the version two, and I still have absolutely no desire. They're not sexy. It's square I'm, and ugly. I'm, I'm ticked off that they removed the, uh, the, the headphone jack, and now you have to use either the little dongle or you've got to, you know, use Bluetooth. And the last thing I want to do is radiate my brain with Bluetooth headphones. I don't, I think the, the evidence, you know, is not out yet on what that is doing to our, our craniums. And here's the, the thing. I can't go to Android because Google is outwardly evil. At least Apple cares a little bit about privacy. But Google, right. Google doesn't, and, and I, can't, I can't go Android. So I've got to buy a new iPhone. Guess what? I finally, after a year 
updated my iPhone 6 to the new iOS, and it has slowed everything down on my device. It's mm-hmm. planned obsolescence, and uh, yeah, they're, they're evil in their own way, and it just really sucks because, let's face it, Apple is charging for style, not substance. Any Android user, any PC user, of which, by the way, I've been both since the beginning of time. I used the very first PCs. I used the first uh, Apple Macintosh computers and the Apple IIEs. And to this day, I use both of them. Uh, it's the only time in my life that I could say I go both ways, um, you know, PC and, and Mac. And, uh, and I got to say, the hardware in a Mac, uh, you can put on a PC, an iOS operating system for half the price. They just, they charge too much. It's about style and people pay for style because they don't know any better. And that, that's how it is. That, there's my, I'm getting off my soapbox now. Apple, Google, y'all piss me off. <laughs> there, I got, I got to mention this because this is totally, it, it more relates to that article about uh, Ethereum Classic. And uh, <laughs> it says there's somebody, Crypto Bull, uh, he tweeted this and said, he has a picture. Here's, a, here's the Dead Sea. The saltiest place on earth, second only to the XRP community after Coinbase decided to add Ethereum Classic. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, man. that is funny. Okay, we got a few stories here with an international flair before we wrap it up. The first one from Slovenia, which I've never been to, but apparently they are planning a, uh, a major shopping center there in Slovenia is using a pilot program for uh, crypto payments. Yes, a crypto shopping mall. And there you go, another country that is doing innovative things and utilizing crypto. So it's going to be in the um, the capital. I don't even know how to say that. Lajubuljana. How the hell do you say that? That's, that's good enough. I like it. They want to establish a Bitcoin city <laughs> with the more than 500 stores in that uh, in that territory. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That is pretty cool. Something cool in Korea, too, uh, South Korea, a national banking group there is going to roll out blockchain-based ID verification for domestic commercial banks. Yeah, but, but blockchain is not going anywhere. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a bank the bank system in the country is, you know, rolling out use of it. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've said in the past about, you know, blockchain and using ID is going to be one of the key things like civic in the in the States. Uh, voting IDs eventually will happen most likely worldwide. There's already some countries that are starting to implement that. We had, what, Horizon State on the show using blockchain and ID and, and being able to verify who you are on the blockchain that's how your mobile phone can become so handy, even more handy, right? Like, this is me. It's blockchain verified that this is me. I should be able to vote in a, I should be able to vote from my couch for like, you know, like, why do we only have to go vote once a year or once every four years or whatever? Like, there could be things that, that pop up that, you know what, I could vote for. Like, why not? Why not? I, I would totally, oh, oh, let me read through some of these. And I guarantee you, some citizens will read through. A lot of these bills more than some of the Congress people will. So we'd actually get to dive in and see what's uh, what's actually in some of these bills. Let us vote for the stuff. Like, why not? For the people, by the people, right? That's what liberty is all about, my friend. Finally, in Venezuela, of course, a story that has been hit by the hardships of the uh, the consequences of socialism. Their um, inflation is ridiculous. It's at fourteen thousand percent inflation now and as a result the trading volume of bitcoin in venezuelan bolivars is through the roof if you look at the story from qz.com in our show notes you'll see this this graph and it's like it's almost a straight up line in 2018 it it literally is like at the end of the at the end of 2017 between zero and five we're looking at probably like 0.5 0.5 like it's not even at a one it might be at a one and now it's it, it's just past 20 so like that's it's it's probably sitting at about 21 22 right now so that is weekly bitcoin volume in venezuela has completely skyrocketed i believe they said what four amid the fourteen thousand percent inflation and so if you guys remember when we had james altucher on the show and i think it might have been even ronnie moass's first interview on our show in episode um, you know, Bitcoin, a, a bad code.in forward slash zero six zero. I think he said, once we see a country, you know, 
uh, eliminate and, and have the citizens basically ignore and eliminate use of a sovereign fiat currency and move to Bitcoin or move to a cryptocurrency, that's when we're going to start seeing another big push. And if you look at what is going on with Venezuela, look at the show notes, look at this thing. It is crazy how much Bitcoin is trading in volume. Like it's, it's weekly Venezuelan Bolivar trading volume in Bitcoin is going on about 2,000 Bitcoins a week. It looks like it's sitting at a little over about probably 16, 1,700 Bitcoin a week right now. You know, people have such short memories, and without getting overly political here, I remember a few years ago before this happened in Venezuela, Bernie Sanders was touting the virtues of socialism and was pointing to Venezuela <laughs> as, you know, this is the poster child. He's not talking about Venezuela anymore. Uh, the Venezuelan government has pretty much destroyed the Bolivar, and we've spoken in the past that they are launching their own crypto, the the Petro, brought to you by the people who destroyed the economy. Um, I can't imagine anybody thinking that it would be trustworthy to invest in Petro. In fact, Trump, uh, you know, was in an executive order basically saying that uh, U.S. citizens may not invest in the Petro. Mm-hmm. He did say that. And uh, yeah, like like I was going to. I mean, like I, I was inherently against it because it was the Venezuelan government who basically put that thing together. And uh, you know what? It's like, hey, let's assetize all of the oil and resources that's in our ground. And not only did I ruin our current economy, but I want to, you know, damage future economy of, of Venezuela. So I, I'm not a big fan of Nicolas Madero down there in Venezuela. And um, you know what? It looks to me like folks in Venezuela are not too pleased with him as well. They're definitely not. They're definitely not pleased with the. Uh, the, uh, the Bolivar price, and so they are moving into crypto. All righty. Well, that is the bad news episode for this week. Uh, some good news, some not so good news. I don't know that any of it's truly bad. You know, in the world of blockchain, we are still on the cutting edge, according to that one story of evolution, uh, at least societal evolution. And uh, we're going to be here to cover it for you because we're the blockchain blockheads. And let's face it, are any other crypto podcasts as entertaining as this one? I think not. I think not. Uh, oh, and oh, here's some more bad news. Crypto market cap has dropped below $270 billion now. So All right. We, we actually Sorry. lost about $3 billion while we were doing the show. Just, just was so... <laughs> Uh, but we're laughing anyway because we (laughs) because we see the future and the future is crypto ready as long as you stay bad who's bad The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.